0: I think that the most difficult thing is, you know, while I may have a youthful outlook, like I still have a middle-aged body. And so it was hard to commute carrying my supplies on my back and walking and standing for six hours at a time. I think that was the hardest part of it. The physical challenge was hard. But I loved the intellectual challenge, like it was so stimulating, mm. you know, for, for those of us who, I mean, I've had a lot of schooling, but not for a while. And you know, I, I just, I love to learn.
1: Stacy Cream, my guest today on Bucket List Careers, welcome back to the show. I'm Krista Laurie, and thanks for listening. So Stacy spent over two decades practicing law, working at big New York City firms, as well as for the City University of New York as an associate general counsel, impressive resume. Simultaneously, she always had a passion for painting. But how do you walk away from something you're really good at professionally and change course without regret? Is that possible? Stacey admits she grappled with various things with this transition, including no longer being able to mentor younger attorneys, women who could learn from her if she left the law. But Stacey got her certificate in fine arts from the New York Academy of Art in 2020, and she hasn't looked back. So what mindset does it really take to reinvent in midlife? We dig into that in this episode, and we explore what sets Stacy's goals apart. She just had her first solo art exhibition, which had a charitable element. A portion of her sales goes to feeding hungry families, supporting an amazing community farming effort she's involved in. Talk about nailing professional purpose. I think you're going to love this episode. Let's listen. Stacey, this is so amazing. We're doing this. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to Bucketless Careers. Thank
0: you so much.
1: I'm actually so grateful to Lisa Chase. I want to shout her out for connecting the dots with us. Lisa was on the show. She was amazing. It's kind of funny because we are neighbors. We've lived near each other for a very long time, but it was Lisa who pointed out that you had left the law to pursue painting, to become a visual artist. So congratulations on that decision. Thank you. Thank you. It's fairly new that you've started doing this instead of being a lawyer. You know, the professional realm you've entered is very different. You worked at big firms. You were also, I believe, an associate general counsel at CUNY, City University of New York. Totally different than what you're doing now. But you were always creating art. So how did you get to the point where you just said, I'm going to walk away from more than 20 years in law?
0: The decision was actually really hard. Because being a lawyer was so much a part of who I was. Yeah. So much a part of my identity. I guess what happened is I had been painting for many years since I was a kid, but I started working part time and saving Fridays for painting time. So I would paint on Fridays. Okay. And I made some progress, but not the kind of progress that I knew I could make doing it more full time. Basically, as I approached, 50, I started to think about what I wanted my life to be like. And my kids were growing. And just over the horizon, I saw an empty nest. I felt like I wanted to do something that I was passionate about. And at that point, I was working part time. And I I, I really did like my job. I had a great job. I had to decide between really going all in on the law and working full time, or changing it up and sort of tapping into this other realm that I've always been interested in. Yeah. i talked a lot about it with my family. It was really a difficult decision. And my younger daughter, you know, I was trying to explain to her how it was so hard for me because I had been a lawyer for so long and, and become sort of proficient.
1: And just remind us of their ages again.
0: At that point, she was probably like 15. And she said to me, well, mom, yeah, you've done law for like 25 years. It's time to change it up. Why not? I love that. And it was such a fresh perspective, like devoid of all of the emotion and psychology that I was dealing with. And I just decided to just do it. And so I, you know, announced that I was leaving and taking painting more seriously. I started Doing some workshops and then I decided to go back to school full time to
1: go back to art school. How was your colleagues' reaction? Did people look dumbfounded? Were people supportive or looking at you like, really?
0: <laughs> like I think it was it was shocking in that they didn't really even know that I painted. And so
1: Right this side of you that they hadn't seen.
0: Yeah. And so they were curious and they you know wanted to see the things i've done and they were super supportive you know it was it was hard leaving the office it was a close small office and people were supportive and and collaborative but they were really supportive they've still remained supportive and nice. they come to my exhibits they're always like checking in following me on instagram yeah
1: so, you didn't have a lot of the naysayer sort of negative, toxic stuff that may have unfortunately tainted your experience in a way, made it more nerve wracking. You had a, a good support system. I like to hear that. Not that I'm looking for problems, but I'm always hearing about the fear of failure. And what does it take to get past that? You know, when you're making a mid career change like this.
0: Yeah. So, it, you know, I had like a different situation that kind of stopped me in my tracks. It wasn't. Naysayers, so much as it was as I was approaching the time when I was actually leaving, yeah, people started just telling me how much I meant to them, what a good lawyer I was, right. and what a good mentor to younger attorneys. So that made me think, wow, am I really making the right decision? Because mm-hmm. I certainly have been on a trajectory where I was getting more and more experienced and to take myself off of that path was
1: difficult. That's not the easiest thing to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it remains something that I think about a lot, you know, because I don't know, there's not necessarily one right path.
1: You know what I mean? That is a hundred percent correct. What was it like going into art school? As you said, you're in mid life now, and I'm sure there were a lot of young students and age isn't necessarily a factor. In your experience, I mean, my daughter tells me age is a social construct, mom. I'm like, okay, okay. I'm starting to try to incorporate that into my thinking. But what was it like walking in and how were you embraced? And tell me why you picked that particular program as well.
0: Okay. So I decided to go to the New York Academy of Art. I had taken classes and workshops there and I really loved their whole process and their whole way they teach is centered around the figure. And that's Hmm. what I was interested in pursuing and a way, it's a classical way of approaching drawing and painting that I was interested in.
1: The figure. Wait, just explain that to me in a little more depth.
0: Um, Painting the, the human form. The human
1: form. Gotcha. Okay.
0: Yeah. So I live in Westchester. And this school is in Manhattan, downtown in Tribeca. I think that the hardest part, I mean, in terms of walking in there, there were people of all ages. And I didn't feel like they weren't accepting of me because I was older.
1: Or not taking you seriously, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, I I think there's an element of really having to prove that you're serious. And that it's not just being like a dilettante, to a little bit of this and a little bit of that. You know, people who enroll in these kinds of programs are typically pretty serious because it's very rigorous mm-hmm. and it costs money. It's a full time gig. And so I knew that there was going to be that kind of rigor. I think that the most difficult thing is, you know, while I may have a youthful outlook, like I still have a middle aged body. And so, it was hard to commute carrying my supplies on my back and walking and standing for six hours at a time. I think that was the hardest part of it. The physical challenge was hard. But I loved the intellectual challenge, like it was so stimulating. Mm-hmm. you know, for for those of us who, I mean, I've had a lot of schooling, but not for a while, and you know I, I just I love to learn.
1: To return to that was a joy for you.
0: Yeah, yeah. I
1: can understand that. I
0: can. And also being around people of all different ages, you know, being around young people. And also, I will say that being middle aged and going back to school, you know, you, you take with you just so much experience and so many things that you've learned. Yes. And so I was able to make relationships between what I already knew and what the new things I was learning. And I think it it just like was a springboard. Do you know what I mean? That right. just catapulted me quickly to a place where I was just, you know, able to make those connections.
1: Totally. And having done like 60 plus episodes of this, I, I think the transferable skills aspect to the pivot is really important. Recognizing what you can apply to your second act or the next phase of your career evolution And knowing that all that you've done is not in vain, of course, it's it's created who you are in this moment. Tell me about the solo exhibit. You just had your first one. It was very successful. Congratulations on that. Kudos to you. And I know it's meaningful beyond just selling your art because it was supporting a community farming effort that helps feed under-resourced families in your community our community since we are neighbors and that's pretty singular so talk to me about that i think you also were funded by a statewide community regrants program yeah so talk to me about that this has been interesting i think on so many levels rewarding of course but also interesting to artists to learn how to how to do something like this
0: so the whole project was an amazing learning experience for me because you know not only was i creating artwork for an exhibit, which, you know, again, I'm fairly new at, at this. Yeah. But I was also, I just I just came up with this idea that I've, I realized was a great idea and that potential possibility to get funding for it. So I applied for a grant, so I had to learn about grant writing, which I didn't really know about. But I will say that there are lots of opportunities for artists to get money to do something that they believe in. And, you know, it's just a matter of kind of looking around. I'll tell you a little bit about my project. I, for the past couple of years, have been involved in a local gardening project called Victory Farms, and it was started to support people to encourage them to plant gardens, vegetable gardens, in their homes and to donate every week some of the produce from those gardens to a local food pantry, because there's actually a lot of food insecurity in our community. So this is the, that last year was the second year that this program had been in existence. And I decided that I wanted to paint portraits of the people who were involved in this project. Love that. I did get funding to do it and spent the growing season, which was last summer and early fall, photographing people in their homes and in their gardens. And then from the fall through April, the exhibit was the month of May. I painted, painted portraits of varying sizes of people in the community. And the exhibit included the portraits as well as some of the photographs
1: that I that I took. It's brilliant, and I know that some of the proceeds are also going towards the Large Mont Hunger Task Force, which yes. is affiliated with the Victory Farms Project. Correct? Right. I love that.
0: Yes, and I, I actually was there yesterday and um, gave them the check.
1: Nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that must feel amazing. Tell me what you're trying to give the world with your art. Is that the right question? What are you trying to share? Yeah. What are you trying to say? Well, it's it's it evolves and it changes,
0: you know, and mm-hmm. that particular project I felt and still feel very strongly about. I've just been thinking a lot about how people in this country get their food and how we grow food. There's just not an emphasis on small farms. And I, I yeah. just believe that there should be. And I wanted to kind of express this in a, you know, way that I could, which is through my art. And I also think that, you know, we've all had a really difficult time these last few years with COVID and it's been very isolating. And I really wanted to show that you still can have community even in these difficult times. And, you know, and, and aside from COVID, I think that people have been divided politically and ideologically. And this was a really meaningful program that kind of brought people all different kinds of people together I met some amazing people who I never knew in the community you know who are into gardening as I am but also just believe in giving back to the community and Mm -hmm. so that was what I was really interested in expressing in that project and then beyond that I am interested in kind of finding the the everyday images that mean something to me and creating a work that engages people and brings it to you know an, an emotional level, a different level.
1: I do like to give some advice from each of our guests to the listeners, like little takeaways. What would you say, you know, based on what you've lived through, your experiences, your pivot now, where you are in your professional journey, what do you think you would give people in terms of like your biggest nugget of wisdom?
0: Well, I guess, two things i think one is to just be courageous you know if you can like take that chance because you only have one life and nothing's impossible like if you if you work hard and believe in yourself then anything is is possible another is that every creative endeavor is not just about sitting around and waiting for the creativity to flow in. It's about hard work and sometimes drudgery, just like all jobs are. And that to get to a place that you want to be, you just have to do the work.
1: Yeah. Stay the course. Yeah. 100%. So where can I send listeners to view your art online? Do you have a website yet or where's the best place for them to find you?
0: Yeah. I post a lot of things on Instagram, which is Scream. CREEM Studio. And I also have a website, which is my name, Stacey, S T A C E Y Cream, C R E E M dot com.
1: And do you do commission
0: work? I do. I do do commission. Yeah.
1: Okay. Good yeah. to know. All right. Well, I'm really glad that we did this. And I think it was actually fascinating. To, I, I wish we had more time, but I'm I'm really appreciative of you sharing your narrative with us, Stacey.
0: Thank you so much. It was really fun.
1: I'll see you around. Okay. Thanks again for being with me for another episode of Bucketless Careers. Actually, let me know, if you haven't already, which spoke to you the most? Which guest? Which industry? Which type of narrative? I'm very curious to see if there is one category that's really hitting home with most of you. So DM me at Bucket List Careers on Instagram, Facebook. You can find me on LinkedIn. On Twitter, I'm at Laurie, And then you can also email me, Krista, at podcast.com. All right, guys, we'll be back with another guest for you on Thursday. Be well.